0: Log Talk Radio. 52036. Yes, we have some awesome speakers and teachers through the week. We have uh, Mrs. Rice. We have her husband, Reverend Leroy Rice. We have Reverend uh, Michael Gray that you just heard, who is awesome this morning as well as Reverend Raymond Lucas, we have Pastor uh, John Jones, we have Dr. James Jones, and the list just goes on, that we are so grateful here at the Fivefold Ministry to hear those awesome speakers and preachers of the word of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I want to encourage you, beloved, that we just love the Lord so that we want to exhaust edify and encourage you to continue your walk in the Lord. Don't be a Jonah where you run away from God and then you go, woe is me. And we have another awesome speaker as well. And truly we need to build up our faith. And I would like to encourage you to listen to my dad on. His name is Apostle Alexander Lakini. Again, his name is Apostle Alexander Lakini. And he's with us on Thursday, 9 a.m. I want you to sit back and abase yourselves at this time, and I just want you to enjoy the worship. There is nothing like worshiping God. There is nothing like calling out to the Lord and I always saying, God can't do it. It can't be done. You are wasting your time when you don't uh, give it over to God, but you just leave it to yourself, good God Almighty, that we need to just go ahead and trust God. And always read our words daily, and especially, as Jeff Major says, read that Psalm 23 and let it be a melody in your heart, as Coach Franklin just saying that when you have those scriptures and that faith in the word of God in your heart, it's a melody from heaven. Good God. My. Let us listen to just read at this time. Amen.
1: Mm-hmm. God is my
0: that is Brother uh, Michael Gray that we heard today, and we just heard also from Jeff Major, Psalm 23. You know, it's so very important that you keep your faith, beloved. This road of Christianity is not an easy road. I'll say it again. If I step on your toes, just say, to out, because the truth will hurt like a two-edged sword. You know, being a Christian is not an easy thing. You know, I, I think about myself that I was raised in a household where my mom read a little Red Testament, and she introduced me to the gospel of Jesus Christ, and she told me about faith, Hebrews 11, and and she said to me, she said, Lord, I noticed that you're pulling and tugging closer at us. I want to know more about the man that sits high and you look low. And I'm going to go down to the churches. And she said, baby, whatever you do, don't go down there. She said, because I don't go. I said, Mama, why you don't go? I don't have the pretty hats and the seats. And I don't dress all fancy like the other women on Sunday. They put on their Sunday bags and they go down there. She said, I just got my little regular clothes and my work clothes. And I said, Mama. He's more holier than the ones that's down there. I said, i seen them uh, chewing and doing things in the parking lot. i seen them, what they said in the bathroom. I have seen them in the true character, even when I was on the choir. I said, Mom, but i got to go because I feel the push of God. Good God Almighty! You know, I didn't want to go. I felt like Jonah. I was trying to run. And Mother told me, if I go down there, not only would I get beat up, but it's going to affect fix- my own emotionalism dealing with the rejection of us—I didn't understand. But you know, the deeper that I got into Christian, the more I saw the prejudice that they had against women preachers and teachers and pastors and overseers or even bishops, because they said if a man desired office, that he should the uh, call of a bishop—in my own words—and I couldn't understand what was the separatism with a man and woman in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Did not Jesus tell Mary a woman to go tell the men, his disciples, that he has lived? Let's stop right there. I thought about that thing. I said, if it was all about men, God could have walked in and talked to his men himself. He didn't have to tell a woman to tell a man anything. Because you hear men today, a woman can't tell a man nothing. A woman can't be in a church. Oh, oh I'm going to step on your toes. I feel it coming. Kind of, some of you pumping your jaws now. Yeah, your face is all bent up, but I'm going to say it. You say a woman can't tell you nothing, but Jesus himself said, go tell it. Go tell my disciples. And when you look at that, what was the reason why a woman had to tell a man anything? Maybe because he was too occupied in the upper room talking to other men. Maybe he was talking politics. Maybe he was talking the law. Maybe whatever he was doing, he wasn't in the right frame of mind or in the right statue that God could go in and talk to his own male creation made in his image. Dennis, help me. Well, I'm going to step on toes this morning. And Genesis, says he made Eve from man's rib and in their image, and he told Eve, "My, you go no tell You know, sometimes men need help. Not that they're not masculine, not that they're not strong, not that they're not leaders, not that they're not head of a family or home. But sometimes they need the voice of a woman to say, "You know what? Let me let me tell you something. that God put on my heart, or let me whisper something. You hear?" Yes, he told him something else, and he fell from grace, but we that's another story. But right now, he told, me, you go tell it. Go tell my men that I have risen. Yes, there is a place for women in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah, we like Jonah. We want to run it to the belly. Yes, we don't want to do it. Like my mother told me, don't go. And when I went down there, I couldn't understand why I couldn't sit on the front row. I had got there early to the church, and I was all excited, and I couldn't wait to hear the preachers and hear the choirs. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go into church today and have a good time. I even brought a Marine. I was told, get off the front row. You're not a minister. I said, well, God said, well, where your license is at? I said, but God said. I said, but he said, come in the house like you are. Plus, you're not dressed a certain way. You got on red lipstick and big earrings and a red dress. Why are you sitting on the front row? I said, because I got here early and the church was empty. Well, this the mother's seat. This the deacon's seat. This the minister's seat. I said, so I understand there's order, especially when I'm in a classroom. The teacher's at the head of the class, and sometimes he have teacher's aid, so we have to sit accordingly, even according to our name. There's seating arrangements. But what's the real problem that I can't sit up here? You got on them Jezebel coats. I said, uh-oh. You know, I was at a holiness apostolic church anyhow, Pentecostal and apostolic. That's where high I was raised, and Baptist. I said, well, I don't understand. I said, I got my best dress on. I, I put out my afro. I think I look pretty good. I'm going to put some little rouge on my lips because everything is dry. I want to look nice. I got my lotion on my hand. But you can't sing it. So through it all, I just couldn't understand the rejection in the church. when God said, Come and go up. Then I thought about what my mother said, Don't you go down there, baby, they're gonna mess with you. I said, But my God is telling me go to the house of the Lord where I can hear the word. Hey. So I can fellowship with believers. It is good when brothers can come together. She said, Yeah, but they judge my know? they prejudice, they gonna look you up and down. And then I I was talking to the pastor, and he was a beautiful, beautiful guy, Apostle um, uh, Cornelia Showell, and I went to the First Epistolic Faith Church. I loved it. And I was treated with respect. And he said, daughter? I said, yes, sir. He said, you make my job really difficult. I said, why? He said, you know, so many people want to see if you call. He said, but I said, yeah, God said that you are. I said, oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And I loved it that I was received by the head of priest himself, where everybody else wanted to reject me because of my hairstyle, my lipstick, my earrings, my dress. You know, I'm a young woman. I'm not going to have it all the way down to my toes and, and have a veil all over my head. I'm, I'm not a Muslim, and I'm sure not a, a, a nut. So I, I just dress according to my culture and the way that is in my society as a young woman of God. Virtuous but not everything, showing whatever revealing, dealing, but uh, just the color red. I said, I don't understand. I got on a red dress. Didn't Jesus bleed red blood? Didn't he say he died for all? He said, yep. So I, I pressed my way because I was received by the man of God, the head of First Apostolic Faith Church. He treated me nice, and I would encourage anybody to visit that sanctuary. In doing so, I visited other churches that was associated with the conference as well as others, and, and I found out that women couldn't preach in the pulpit, that we could go to the nursing home, we could go down to the prison, uh, we could go out in the marketplace and evangelize, we could get on the board we couldn't go behind the roster. Of the pulpit or be on the altar and I didn't understand it. They say women can't preach, that's a good God almighty. But I heard awesome preachers like uh Doctor uh, Carolyn Showell and I heard uh uh others uh like Doctor uh Coretta Harris. There was a lot of great preachers and teachers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Even I met uh Dr. Juanita Bonham, I couldn't understand what was the problem that women couldn't say anything. And as I dove, uh, got a, I, I got a little deeper, as I dove deeper into scripture, and the Lord said to me, he said, I want you to go to school, to Bible school, uh, to learn the Bible. And he, he put me in the seminary, and I said, God, I don't want to go to Bible college, institute, and seminary. I said, why do I have to go? God laid it upon my heart that sometimes people don't think you qualified unless you went to uh, school to learn homiletics, homogenous. Uh You do uh, all of the uh, uh, sermons accordingly, the expository. And there's a lot of things that you got to know. I said, God, I don't understand. I said, you going to tell me what to say anyhow. He said, if I open up my mouth, you will speak for me. But I did. Uh, what God told me to do. I was obedient. And the deeper that I went into the scripture that I saw that God showed me that it was necessary because some people would line up your qualifications based on your type. They don't want to say that you're a minister, that you're a reverend, that you're a deaconess, uh, you're an elder. God knows you better not say you're a pastor. Lord, have mercy. And I saw that God had no respect of person. There was a lot of male and females in the class. But sometimes the women had to run into the uh, well's belly because they were judged and, and they were persecuted and they were lined up with the word and they were, had a measuring stick. And, you know, my family's from Harlem, New York, and we were up there by about Apollo. We got some fancy dresses in our family. So eventually, I saw how the First Lady dressed with the big hat and gloves and and the nice suits. I said, I like that. I like to have some bling-bling, and I like to look clean-clean. And I started to dress like that. And then all of a sudden, I was examined, why are you dressed like that? Are you a First Lady? Are you a pastor's wife? boy? I said, Lord, have mercy. I'm just coming into the church trying to fit into the Christian society of hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Good God Almighty. It was sad that I didn't receive, I'm not saying that any particular church, these are churches that I visited around here in uh, the state of Maryland, that I would just drop in from time to time. I didn't get the love and the hug that I got from uh, Cornelia Showell. I didn't get the reception that I got from him. But when I went to other places in their conference and just visit a night service, that, no, you can't sit up here. Are you ordained? I said, I'm in uh, college. Well, did you get the ordination yet? And I said, okay. And I said, well, let me go to school because I see I can't even sit anywhere in the church. Even though I'm in Minister's College, I still, you know, was not receiving. And, and I had people uh, to just to see how well that I know my expertise. I said, Lord, have mercy. And I never will forget when I went on and um, I met my godfather, who was, a, uh I call him the first grandfather i ever had because I was an orphan, and I was adopted into a family. So I met a man that said, baby, why don't you come on with me to my church? You've been down there at the Apostolic. Come on to the Baptist. I said, all right. I went into the Baptist and joined the Baptist conference, and I was like, I really had to learn the letter of the word. Yes, it is. did. <laughs> And while I was down there, I never will forget that when I was in a Baptist conference, he said, well, we're going to do our ordination service and we recommend you. I said, what? Me with big earrings, rings, red, look and a red dress. I'm just old poor country girl from Eastside, Baltimore. I said, are you sure? He said, yes, come on. Let me slow on down for my international listeners. That There are times that people are going to judge color of your skin. There are times that people are going to judge you, how you pronounce or denounce your words. There are times that people are going to judge you by your clothes and your shoes and if you're clean or you're you. There are times that people are going to judge the Mary. I said, Lord, how much? I said, all right. I said, help me, Holy Ghost, that I can stand up before my brothers and be accepted into the body of Christ because God, tugged at me like he did Jonah. I was trying not to run because i I met a man that met me at a time when I didn't have a job. I didn't have no hope. I didn't have the training. I didn't have the skills to get a job. I was sitting in a little cold kitchen at my mother's house and I said, God, if you be God, help me. I took a little old typewriter out and I taught myself how to type until my speed picked up and then I applied for a state and federal job. Oh, hallelujah. And God heard my cry and gave me the job as well as about two or three interviews after I prayed. I said, good God Almighty, this must be God, because nobody knows what I'm talking about, because I'm talking in the spirit today. But I believe my mother said that you got to go by faith. He eleven. be loving. Good God mighty. And when I got those credentials and the Baptist conference uh, did the ordination and they invited every church, we must say had about 100 pastors, mostly males, maybe about one to five females. And the females, of course, they all get that emotion for me to get a day. But the men were looking at me with their arms crossed. I said, well, let me take these earrings off because maybe they say I'm from the street, but I might be a street pastor. I don't know a street evangelist. I don't know a street missionary. But I took off the earrings. And then I said, let me wipe the rules off my lips. They're going to be dry and cracked and all messed up. <laughs> so let me go ahead and look as plain as I can. And he said, I want to just uh, shut myself. And I said, I didn't even want to put lotion on my head. I want to be too shy. I want to be accepted. Oh, my God. And as I was sitting there, I remember one pastor when I was giving my answer because they they questioned us according to scriptures and theology and doxology and uh, everything you can uh, think of, that they questioned us in reference to the Bible itself and to see if we were worthy to be ordained according to the scripture. They examined us up and down, and one time I gave an answer uh, one of the pastors balled up his face so bad, I thought he was uh, had to go to the bathroom right then and there, trying to trick me up because he said at the end, he said, you know, I tried to distract you. I said, I thought he had to use the toilet. And he busted out laughing. <laughs> Lord have mercy. But those are the things that you go through. It's not an easy road, beloved. You can look at Jesus, right? That Jesus walked among his own. And even when he decided to get his disciples, he had regular, uh, everyday folks like you and I that said, come on and follow me. Good God Almighty. And when he was examined by the Pharisees and the Sadducees that they wanted to know who was just, and even those that was in a high heads of authority, the priests themselves, they even hemmed them up and nailed him to a cross. So if they gonna know Jesus, you be prepared. You got to have tough skin. I never will forget. My grandfather said to me, he said, "Baby, how tough is your skin?" He said, "You get ready to go through some things because you're trying to walk on the door or get in the boat. Get ready." I didn't understand, and I I went on and uh, to the Bible. We said, we said college for a year. I mean, institute two years, college four years. Seminary is above. So that's like the highest you can go in it. And I said, oh, my God. I went through all the steps and got all the way down and got ordained. And then I had to do my service. <laughs> I got up in that pulpit. I waved my flags because I'm also an apostle prophet. But at the time, I had the praise and worship in me. And I waved my little flags and I got uh, behind a pool clear. I said, God, I'm here to open my mouth and you speak for me. And it's what it is right there, was a testimony. I testified according to my life what God did for me. And then my teacher says we want you to preach a sermon, not give a testimony. I said, but my testimony is my sermon. I said, you all preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, what he did for me. He said, I don't know. I said, well, maybe I have a place somewhere in this kingdom that this call is for a reason. I never knew that God had made me that way, that I couldn't shine with the homiletics or hermeneutics, or, or the expository or exegesis or this beautiful fine sermon because God put me out on the street with the prostitutes. He put me out on the street with the pimps and the drug dealers. He put me out on the street with the homeless people. He put me out on the street on the drug corners and game corners. And I was able to just be myself. And I I didn't have nobody but myself to go with me because most people were afraid to go down to that neighborhood. Because for those in the United States, I know you've seen The Wire. And The Wire came out of Baltimore City. That's where I was, right there on Greenmount and Guilford Avenue where The Wire was filmed. And I was there. I was the mother of the whole community, regardless what you was. You could come in get your hood. They said, um, they called me pastor. I said, no, I'm just a missionary in the field right now that I've been ordained as a reverend, but I'm not a pastor. And they said, but you got on your pretty suit. I said, it be clean. They said, but I'm dirty. I said, it doesn't matter. I could wash my hand. I said, we all got the whole 25 wind up having about 250 people constantly in and out the door, around the corner. And when they finished their business, they said, Mommy? I said, yeah. Are you finished church? I said, yeah. They said, okay. I closed it up, and they respected enough to let me preach and teach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when the past uh, the pastors decided, well, you have proven your work, or you have been to college and you took up all your uh, requirements, to be an elder, to get ordained, and now you're a reverend. And God is showing sure us the next step is for you to be ordained as a pastor and to be installed, star And I said, oh well, we're going to have some problems now because I heard a woman shouldn't even be in a pool pit left over off a man or anything else. But I went on because I, I believed in a Baptist conference. We hooked up to Hampton University with eight to 10,000 pastors and ministers and preachers, and those are the gospel of Jesus Christ to come every June or July in the summertime to Hampton University. So these uh, men that were in leadership and sat on the board there, those, uh, those high rank officers, after they uh, gave me as an elder, uh, as a reverend, elder, then reverend, then they installed me as a pastor. I can't go long if the men sit on the board and they've been out here longer than me, 40, 50 years, so I went on and trusted. I tried to go into the uh, well's belly because I didn't want to stand out there and always get tried and tested and somebody get up in my face. I said, look, let me tell you right now, I'm country. Country to me means that I am who I am. I'm not uh, sophisticated enough that you think that I'm going to announce or pronounce these words a certain way. That I'm just a good old everyday folk that's going to say eight and y'alls and milks and all of that, that I have my own dialect. I said I'm from Virginia. So I'm telling you right now. And I loved it. I had more people receiving from the city of Baltimore and understood what I said and just talk, and it was a it was a good turnout. And from there, I had others that come in that wanted to join the ministry or those leaders that wanted me to be their pastor, which made me an overseer to about three churches. And then after that, I got a day a firm, or whatever you say, the bishop over churches. I said, oh, I want to be a bishop. I'm not a man that desires an office, but they say he's doing the work. Not only are you overseeing uh, different churches in different states, but then the cause is that leaders are drawn. I said, all right, I went on and did that by faith. Still wanted to run, hold on to the tail of the fish. I wanted to go into the belly, go into the belly of the whale and just say, look, I want to hide. But God shows me that there are those that are hurting. There are those that are rejected. There are those that desire leadership. There are those that push in another room. There are those in the room that you can't even go and sit down and have a conversation unless you bring out your credentials, your title. I've been in ministry 25 years. I've been in ministry 50, 60 years. You could be in ministry one day, but if God got a work for you to do, your qualification is what God told you to do. Good God Almighty. You know, I, I look at, and I give all tribute to uh, leaders along the way, but when I think about even this radio station, I look at Archbishop Messiah uh, Abram. that I look at her, that here is a woman that has a radio station that caters to over maybe 50, all over the world, and not only does she oversees us on the radio, and she monitors everything that we say, she will question if we go too far out of circle, and she will join in and participate to glorify God as she travels around the world, especially to Jamaica and Florida. And as she goes, there are those that want her to establish councils and uh, churches and uh, fellowships. and, And God has shown me that when you are an overseer and that when God elevates you to that of an apostle, that it's, a, it's where, like the disciples, you can go to different regions and establish churches or oversee those leaders of churches because you have graduated from middle school to high school to college. Now you are insimilar. Hey, hallelujah. That here yeah, this woman had to do these things, and I'm sure she got beat up along the way. She got questions along the way. She got critique the in a way, because I did. It is sad, beloved, in a time like this, when God said, go tell it, Mary. Go tell it, Margie. You got a lot of mouths. You like to run your mouth. You from uh, the east side of Baltimore, as they say, east side, right? and you out there in the street with the people every day. Go tell it that I love them. Go tell them that I died for them. Go tell them that I rose for them. Those that's rejected, give them a hug. Those that set back, give them an opportunity. And those that discouraged, give them a hug. I said, Lord, have mercy. I tried to it, love because as my mother said, being a Christian or a Christian leader is hard. It's hard to go in and you just want to fellowship and somebody want to shoot gum and be on their cell phone and, and, and talk. And, hey, how you doing? like they going into somebody's house. No, we are going into the sanctuary of God. We are going into the uh, holy of holies. We're going into the priest, uh sanctuary where they used to tie a rope around the priest and if there's any sin, they would pull them out because God is a God of decency and order. So when I go into the church, I'm going in there with my mind, straight on the altar in the pulpit because I want to hear from heaven, like melody from heaven. I want to know what God got to say that day because I look at it as a prophetic word, that it's a noun word that's going to help me in my journey of today as well as tomorrow. Good God of And as I go in, I find sometimes that sitting there, the people are going to judge the clothes up and down. That's why I said, when I go to the churches now, they don't even know my call. I sit at the back of the church of visit, and I watch them. Still look at you from the head to your toe down to your shoes. Watch how you walk up the altar to give your money. Uh oh, I'ma step on your toes. Some of them look and see what you drop in the basket. How much money she put in there? Was it a dollar or was it ten dollars? Good daughter, right. I watch how oh, if you feel happy, you wanna clap your hand or shut your tambourine. And all of a sudden, don't she know our denomination that we don't do this in here? Good God Almighty. (laughs) And as you go in, I see sometimes I say, wouldn't it be something that if I go sit on that front row (laughs) in some of these churches, because some of them know that I am a reverend, I am ordained, I am qualified to sit up in the clergy seats now. I took some uh, doing and years of uh, uh, doctrine and teaching. But you know what? I could sit there, but I desired to sit in the congregation. And then when I looked at it, I said, I know why Jesus went over to the other side, that he was with his disciples, ministering to the people. But at the end, he had to get away. I'm sure he said, Lord, have mercy, that my Jesus just went over to the other side of the river he went over the other side to get away from his disciples and his people. Because I know he had to look at the foolishness of man that was coming there to hear the word of God. The, the chatter, the talk, the conversation, the judgment, the criticism, the critique like some of y'all doing now. What is she saying? What is she talking about? Is it scripture? Yes, it's scripture. Read it in the Bible for yourself. Jesus was rejected. I was rejected. The man of God was a critique. I'm being critiqued, and some of you right now are listening, trying to figure out where I'm coming from. Guess what? It's not about you. It's about God. You know, I like to move out the picture to give other people opportunity. And I wasn't even going this way because after Reverend Gray had preached, I said, "God, what you want me to say?" That I was trying to just look at some of the sermons that I had, or some of the preachers that came before me to give them a chance to go here and enjoy what God has given them to shine for the Lord. And for you, for God, I open my mouth. I said, God, I'm open my mouth and you speak for me. God is trying to tell me that there's a lot of prejudice in the church. There's a lot of hypocrisy in the church. There's a lot of false judgment in the, the church. Don't you know that we are going into the holies of holies? You know, just like you wipe off your feet to come into somebody's house that got carpet. Hey, hallelujah. When you walk in, you're... You put your head down like you're going into a courtroom. You know, you be humble. You be quiet. You follow the rules. And you sit there. You wait till time to even speak. You don't be chattering when the judge come in the room. When the judge come in, everybody got to be quiet. They'll put you out the courtroom. Just because we're welcome in a house of God don't mean we can do anything in a house of God. What giving you the right to come in and pop a we What give you the right to be on a cell phone and be texting? We'll give you the right to be uh, tiller chatter with your friends. You're going stayed stay at home. That's how I am. My church will be empty many a time. But I used to tell them, if you don't know how to treat God's house, I'm coming here just for me and God. I didn't care. I didn't want to be held accountable for you coming in and causing sin and ruckus and distraction. Baby hollering and screaming when the man of God got a priest. Get your butt up and take the baby down to the nursery and hear the word of God. And if you miss it then by a page. they get CDs. Why do you have to sit there and let that baby howl and scream because the little dress looks cute and you want everybody to see how nice you dress your daughter or son? Uh-oh, I hope it ain't you and I stepped on your toes. But be respectful to the preacher. Be respectful to the, the churches. Be respectful to the man or woman of God that we sitting up there already trying to, we already nervous. We already know some of us like myself that I'm not a, a great a preacher a speaker or even a teacher in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we're standing there nervous, hoping God will speak to us. And you got people rolling your eyes. And you got people looking if your, your robe is raggedy. They're looking at if you, if you got wounds on. And you're trying to hear from the Holy Ghost. And you got the right ear open that God will speak to you while you speak to his people. You're right. You're trying to be in tune with God so he can give you the word. And you look out on the congregation. You know she a woman, she should be up there. You know our nationality or our denomination don't believe it. Who invited her in And being myself, I'm very sensitive to the spirit. I can hear you. I can see you in the seat of demons that surround you. And I'm up in that pulpit trying my best to be obedient to the Holy Ghost. And then I have people looking at me with all of these, as God said, uh, misjudgment of who I am in the body of Christ. You need to be careful, beloved. Many of us want to go in the well's belly. Many of us want to run from the call. But God, we're afraid that if we don't do what God said, we could drop dead. Good God, almighty. That we got to go forth and do what God says. I don't know about you, but I'm trying to live right and live holy, get myself together and repent everything. God can make it in. Do you see how this world is? We got wars and rumors of wars. We dealt with two years of COVID. We got the flu and pneumonia season coming and and now COVID back on the rise. We got all the stuff, uh, you know, about big nations taking over little nations of people. This world is in trouble. We in danger, beloved every Christian. Thank God that there was a time that they had different denominations fighting among themselves. But since COVID in the calm down, so it appears it has calmed down, but now they're fighting against nationality. That if you are uh, a Jew or if you're a Gentile or if you with this um, organization or that, get rid of the foolishness. Time is winding up. You know, and I, I, I look at this thing, I said, don't they realize how special we are to God, that God has given us an opportunity to enjoy his glory in the land of the living, to see his magnificence, to see his artistry, to look at the birds and the bees and how he has designed even the colors on the fish of the scales of a fish, to look at the, how the sun and the moon is set. To look at all the knowledge that he has given man so he can have the opportunity to advance. Good God Almighty. To look at the herbs and all the medicines that he left here so we can heal our body even down to a headache. God, take get it. That there are mothers and those that are praying that our economy get right so we can have opportunity to have bread on our face. And we are worried about. It. And we are critiquing. Men and women in the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's saying. You know, I, I, I had my goddaughter turn me on to TikTok because I like some of the music and the little Christian um, TikToks and it makes me laugh. Phone call from a friend of mine, and she said, I want you to listen to this pastor here. I listened to that pastor, and God knows that man was teaching a good word, and he knows his Bible well. But all of a sudden, I heard a growl. It's like he got angry. And he was bashing other pastors and leaders, not considering the souls that got saved under that man. Not considering those that followed him around the world. He talked about his gender, his life, and this like don't sleep with the man. But look like he knew everything about him. talked about his preaching, his ministry. His books, his TV, his radio programs, bashed another preacher. God said, we should not judge. You're already judging a woman, and now you're judging another male. A man of God, is anybody right to you? I don't understand it. Do you realize that people got saved under that man? What he do is between him and God. I one time told my son, my son said, Mom, I'm not going to go to his church because he's just as bad as I am. I said, well, if God is leading you to go there, you got to go. I said, well, maybe you can learn something. Maybe you can pray him too. Maybe you can see what is the problem so you don't make the same mistake. Or maybe you can make it better by volunteering and helping those things in the church. But don't condemn your brother. You don't stay in his house. You don't eat food. You don't sleep with them. You're not married to them. How are you going to bash another preacher and teacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ? God said, try the spirit with the spirit. He didn't say judge the spirit, damn the spirit, curse the spirit. Have you been close enough to feel that man's spirit to know if it's in Christ or not? God could be. Him. It's sad that God has given a good word in these preachers' bellies prejudice, the separatism, the judgmentalness, oh, and I made that a judgmentalness, <laughs> that you are going to critique another man that's trying to talk about Jesus according to the word. You done left what he's saying about scripture, and you done got to his character, his hairline, if his pants are tight, if he got on a body shirt <laughs> that uh, looked like his he got on a Especially a woman, she got on huge wound, fingernail polish and all this stuff. You know, when God called me, I said, God, I said, your people must be in trouble. I said, you got too many preachers worldwide. You don't need me. I said, God, you died for these people. I didn't do it. These are your souls that you made. Why i got to go out there and say anything to these people. They're not going to like me anyhow because I'm going to say what I, I believe you telling me to say. You put on my heart. Lord have mercy. I said God I don't even want to do this. Especially when my mother warned me how it's gonna be. But as the preacher said today, I try to go in the Wells Belly. One person told me one time, they said, you know, this person trying to take your ministry. I said, first of all, it's not my ministry, it's God. If God want me to have it, I'm gonna have what I'm doing. If not, then he'll take it away. Maybe it's not my season to do XY and Z. But I'm not worried about no man competing, comparing and judging and stuff trying to out-preach and teach. I don't care. God said you judge nobody, that you line the word up with the word. I felt sorry for the preacher. I called my girlfriend back. I said, you know, I thank you for telling me to turn on to this man on TikTok. I said, man, stop preaching and start talking about another pastor. Start talking about the women and and, and talking about lipstick and rouge and, and talking about people nationalities and all this stuff. I said, you know what? One day he started talking about color. He said, if a man wear pink, he's a sissy. I said, where is it in the word of God that pink is a sissy color or a homosexual color? That's what he said. I didn't say it. oh I'm a step on He said, I'm going to say this. If you got on a pink or a man wearing pink, whether you are a sister, you're a homosexual, you wear a pink. Pink is a color. In the diamond. Do you not see pink sometimes glittering from jewelry? Its not, rubies have a tint of pink, the rainbow. There's various colors in things that God has made. Flower, there's pink rose. Am I supposed to say to the rose, Rose, you're a gay rose. You're a homosexual rose. So I can't buy you rose. I got to buy a red rose or yellow rose or white rose. I can't get a pink rose. Come on now. Get rid of the foolishness. Stop judging color. Stop judging nationality. Stop judging headdress. Stop judging how, man, is his clothes is too tight. There are those men that so muscular, what they said, biceps or triceps. They is going to be tight unless it's sloppy. Keep your eyes on the prize. The prize is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The prize is the word of God. The prize is being saved. The prize is having a ton of life. Tell me about another man and you know, living live in his house. Have you walked in his shoes? Don't go out there wasting time. I wish I did. Uh able to afford some of the things on Instagram, uh, uh, blob, and, and TikTok, and YouTube and Facebook and all these stations, you're wasting the time making people become hypocrites of the gospel. They judge Jesus. Why? Because he didn't come in a chariot. Why? Because he was Murray's baby. Why? Because he was a carpenter's son. Why? Because his hair was woolly. Why? Because he was, a carpenter. He was a regular human being to say, look, tell you that there's a better way show love, beloved, treat others the way you want to be treated. Watch what you say out of your mouth. It's hard being a woman in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because I have sisters sometimes look me up and down. I say, oh my God, I got to strip everything and look plain for my holiness friends. I got to watch What I say to make sure is actually Jesus lined up for my apostolic friends. I got to stick close to the scriptures for my best friends. I got to reverence and make sure that I'm standing in line uh, with the head church of Trinity of my Catholic friends. That it is sad when you try to do a work for God and you want to run in the belly of the world, good God Almighty, that you are being judged. I'm telling you, you can cut off the radio if you want. You can cut off the TV if you want. When you cut it back on, we're still going to be preaching Jesus and the requirements to be a point in life, in your life. I would say to all of you, keep your eyes on the prize. Treat others you want to treat. it. Yes, you may know me from the past. Yes, you may know things about me, a Skeletism, in my closet. Yes, but guess what? You didn't call me. You can't judge me. You don't have a heaven or hell to put me in. You don't have a jury that can judge me. Yes, hallelujah. God fixed it that I was able to go to many denominations, and I go across the board with license and ordination. That was God able to go in any pool pit and have the qualifications. And it's sad. I don't try to go with all these titles or revenue or doctors or PhD. It's fine. But, you know, sometimes you need that. So, people, don't you think you qualified? Yes, my preaching is a testimony, so what? What I'm preaching about is that God saved me and God took me as I am and that I'm a nobody trying to tell somebody for Jesus Christ. Yes, I want to tell you he saved me. And I was in a market claim that I was, came through the back door to get to the front door and I was still pushed outside. That God loves us all. Beloved, you are special. God died for you. And God knows I wasn't going to say nothing until the 1st of February because I'm in transition doing some other things right now. But I asked God this morning, what is it he want me to say? I said, I'm going to open my mouth and whatever come out. God, I hear it again, the prejudice of believers among the brothers and sisters and the saints of God that we need to stop the foolishness.
1: Stop it!
0: And get right. You don't know He's gonna to die tomorrow. You don't know if God's gonna crack over the sky. Hopefully you don't know that we can go for eternal life or to hell. Get it is right, beloved. And you should hear more <laughs> uh, Apostle Larkin, Reverend Leroy Rice and Mrs. Rice, Reverend Michael Fray, Saint Jones and Doctor Saint Jones. And let's go on, Reverend uh Raymond Lucas. I really like especially to stop right here. This man is a warden at a jail and he takes time to talk about the goodness of Jesus and tries to encourage those that all of us have made mistakes and came short and give them an opportunity to change. Can you believe that? That here, a warden of a prison, same way that all the disciples sometimes was in the prison, that they, uh, that you have a jailer that wants to hear it. And teach you the gospel of Jesus Christ and give you a fair chance. I'm trying to give you a fair conversation this morning that God is going to do what he want to do. He's going to call who he wants to call. He's going to use who he want to use. He's going to use Mary. He's going to use Margie. He's going to use Martha and anybody else he wants to. He's going to use a child, adult, a woman. He's going to do what he want to do. He crack on the sky. He's God. That he is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He's our Father, He's Jehovah, and that I am that I am. I would encourage you to get rid of the foolishness and give people an opportunity to do what God told them to do so they don't have to run in the belly of a whale. God bless you again. As I said, I wasn't going that way. I was just trying to give the preachers an opportunity. Matter of fact, I was trying to trying to tape because I wasn't planning to really get into... uh, The preaching and teaching until February 1st because I'm in a transition. And I give all praise and glory to God for that. Thank you, beloved, for praying for me. Thank you for listening to the Five-Fold Ministry. Yes, I have not had my concert on a Friday night. I've been preaching the word because right now I need the word. Right now we need the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right now we need to hear more of what God is saying to us more so than to go into the intercourse of behind the veil. But when you go in there, it'll get your soul right, your heart right, get you right. So salute so we'll go out to uh, Apostle um, Abram this morning, Monty, uh, uh, Marcia Abram. This morning. I can't get all her titles because she got so many titles, but the lady that owns the rental station. The kudos go out to my dad, Dr. Apostle Anthony Mays, to all of you. Stay encouraged, beloved. That you have a lot of eyes and ears on you. But the most important thing, you want the judgment of Christ, not the judgment of man. Because I got to a point in my life, I don't care if God is pleased. Then I'm I'm more than satisfied. Because I want Him to say, "Well done, my good and faithful servant." If I have offended you, upset you, said something, stepped on your toes, just to ouch, and forgive me, because I'm not perfect. I'm just saying, "Maggie, go tell it." I just tell what I hear in the spirit. No excuses, no apologies, because this is God's woman uh, that will tell you what thus for the Lord of hosts. God bless you today. Be encouraged. Know that you're somebody. Get rid of the negative. Don't even listen to the negative. And all those naysayers, worry about your own salvation. Sleep around your own door. Get your own house right. Look at yourself in the mirror and say, I am somebody in God. And nobody have a heaven or hell to put me in or condemn me but God. And you are loved, beloved. Yes, you are. God bless you. And stay encouraged as we leave out and listen to the Five Points Ministry daily. We're going to switch up some more things uh, as we expand. And as always, we couldn't have done it without your support. And we love you because Jesus loves you best. Amen. Hey.
1: Yeah.